You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. For women's like naked bodies, that was like a way later for me. But I'm trying to think, I don't know. I just remember watching Dr. Quinn and being like, I, "Who's I have, Dr. Quinn?" Like, do- Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm serious. We're talking about queer television today. You need to know something. Is it, <laughs> it was this like I'm probably wrong. It's probably like 70s or 80s. Maybe it was 90s. I don't know. <laughs> You're act- in the cult. You don't know these <laughs> I, things. I don't time know was time periods. All time is the same to me. <laughs> no, so it's Jane Seymour. And it's this medicine woman. It's called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. It's like this frontier medicine woman. And Jane Seymour is still gorgeous. And she's like 60 something. But, and uh, I want it to be, I think his name was Sully. I did not pay attention to him. But you didn't give like, a fuck about him. I did him. not give a one flying fuck. He was like this very, I must have been the 70s because he had like long hair, you know, very rugged looking. I didn't give a fuck about him. I just wanted to be him because I wanted to kiss Jane Seymour. And that so was, that's actually the, the show that like corrupted you. That was the show that corrupted me. And it was very much like, was it been like, I think my mom thought it was a little too racy because her boyfriend was. Because you were obsessed, fascinated with it? No, no, because like her boyfriend was a little too like Wow, edgy. every time that show comes on, Evan's like licking the television. Like, it's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> I, was, I was obsessed. I was like, this woman is just, I had never seen such a beautiful woman in my life. And uh, so yeah, and my Aunt Sandra was the one who would watch her. And so thank you, Aunt Sandra, for that. There you um, go. Yeah. She made me corrupting good. children from the cult. <laughs> so, <laughs> Doing yeah. God's work. Do, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so Evan has an announcement if uh, you'd like to share it. <laughs> I guess I'm announcing this. Uh yeah. So I quit my job. Um I've never done that before. I mean, obviously I've quit jobs before, but I've never just handed a boss my keys or, or just walked off the job and been like, no, I'm done. Never. You're a pro at it. Uh, I've only done I, it. Mm, how twice. did you, how did you quit the uh the salon the orange salon whatever i got fired from oh, that that. <laughs> that was a really bad point in your life where paul followed me out to massachusetts and then everything went to shit from him immediately except for you did find david yeah but other than that it was very I shitty i got fired for no reason too yeah uh, it's probably illegal but it was definitely knows. illegal but okay and then what happened cares. after that then you was it Dollar General after that that you went back to? Mm-mm, no, I went to another salon in Hopkinton. Okay, and how'd you quit and that? And I gave them a two weeks. Okay, all right. So it was only twice. All right. So and twice. one was because, well, one, for the same reason you. Yeah. But the second one was because it was something I knew I didn't want to do, but I also needed a job in between until I got the job I wanted. And yeah. so I'd only been working there for a week and a half. 
Um, and then um, they put me on the schedule for eight nights in a row, like closing. Yeah. And then this the job I'm at now called me and was like, hey, can you start Monday? And so I was like, uh, yes, I can. <laughs> Fuck working eight nights in a row. Yeah. That's what you fucking get for being an asshole. Have well, fun. Wait, didn't you quit Dollar General a similar way? Didn't you just like leave your No, I gave my two weeks. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. See, I thought I always thought you had quit there. No, like, I gave my two weeks. I was oh, very okay. respectful, right. even though I took my vacation time for my second week. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Fuck it. You I was like, I have it. vacation time. I'm using it. Yeah. I don't want to get paid out. I, I don't want to be here. This. Yeah. No, I get you. No. Yeah, I've never done that before. I mean, I was, I was very nice, but like... I was just like, I, I, you know, I've wanted to be out of retail for a while. And I think I just needed a push to be like, well, now you have to find something else. Cause I would have just stayed there forever. Yeah. Cause the money was good comparatively. The like, money is, you know, what, I, I definitely took a pay cut, yeah. but I will tell you that you won't miss it because you're going to feel way better about yourself. Yeah. And you'll actually find that you may have more money because when I was there, I was always stressed. So I was always spending money buying things just to feel yeah. better. And then, like, once I stop doing that, I, like, actually have money now. Yeah. Even though I'm making less. It's weird. No, no. That makes a lot of sense because I spent a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of money trying to feel better, a lot of money eating meals, mm-hmm. like, because I would be stressed. I would bring a meal, but then I would be too stressed. And when you stress, you want to eat crappy mm-hmm. food. And I spent a lot of money on my employees, which is okay, except for, like, I was buying stuff for them that the company should have been providing Right, exactly. For, you know, like, if you work for a decent company, they give you coffee. They yeah, give you I have water, free coffee you know? and water every day. Exactly. It's not even a question. Yeah. So, like, I'm in fucking Providence, and you don't have a water fountain or anything, but what are your people supposed to drink? I, I don't know. Whatever. So, yeah. So, so I quit my job right before Christmas. So that The was wife fun. was really happy. She's so <laughs> no, she's, thrilled. She's she actually very is supportive, happy. yeah. She is. No, she, like, I mean, obviously there's that fear and uncertainty of what we're going to do, but, like, like, we have money, and Samantha works, so we're right. not, like losing our house there's nothing like that like that's the nice thing about being a little more stable in life is if you need to up and quit your job then you can like right. the sad thing is a lot of people that have to live paycheck to paycheck they don't have the ability like people are like well if you don't like where you work just quit yeah and what and do what fucking what like you in indiana what would exactly. you have done exactly yeah well I, I had no choice like you have to keep working these shitty jobs mm-hmm. you know i'm just fortunate in where i'm at today we have a support system you know samantha has a good job and so we have a lot of things. Things are a lot different now. Right. So I'm not advocating for you just to up and quit your job, but I am also advocating for you to advocate for yourself. And if you're at a place that does not appreciate you, and not just doesn't appreciate you, like just treat you advantage like garbage. Of you. Yeah, they just treat their their mm-hmm. employees like garbage and trash. And if they do that to you, then you you know you gotta love yourself. Make the best decisions for yourself. Yeah. Overall, like Overall look, at, look exactly. at the big picture and draw out a map, think about things, and then yeah. decide. <laughs> yeah, I, I sucked it up for a long time before I quit. Mm-hmm. A long time. So, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, that's my big announcement. So, the queer content is going to be great for the next couple weeks at least <laughs> until I find another job. I've got free time, so I'm going to be generating some good stuff. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. But yeah, we should. Should we ask our audience if they want a Christmas episode though? Yeah, let us know if you want a Christmas episode. So uh, because of how busy I am during that time, since Evan's not employed anymore and he won't be as busy, um, we were thinking it would be better if we just did kind of like a happy holiday 
gaze episode yeah. rather than a fully dedicated episode. Also, it drops on Christmas. Yeah, it drops so directly on Christmas too. Day. <laughs> and I don't really know anybody who's actually going to wake up Christmas morning and listen to a podcast. Unless you're a really diehard fan, then like reach out to us because <laughs> like, we want to give you a shout out. You can wait. I will go down see the Christmas tree after I listen to my Your Chris <laughs> story. You know, if you do that, you're a fan of the day and um, we'll send you something. We'll send you the sign mug right here that I'm drinking from. There you go. <laughs> Just had my lips all over it. By the way, um, weird segue, but um, safe place. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, guys, we're running a holiday promotion for Safe Place. That's yes. the organization that provides safe place all across the country. You text for help to them and they get you to a safe place. Um, if you're an at-risk youth, you're in a domestic violence situation, you just need to get away. So, you know, you're not in a safe environment and you need to get to a safe environment, safe place, get you there. Mm-hmm. And for every dollar that you raise, we said $5 last time, but that wasn't true. That wasn't oh. what our video said. Every dollar that we you donate- We lie sometimes because we, we forget. We do. It's our bad memories. Every dollar that you donate goes towards a raffle to get a 20 minute FaceTime with Paul and I. Yep, FaceTime, Skype, whatever you use. Um, and if for some reason you're really bad with technology like Evan and you can't figure it out, we'll give you a phone call. Yeah. If that would be, yeah, we you know, if you'd yeah, rather if that. If you don't have FaceTime, you're like, I don't know how to get there. Like, we'll, we'll do some, we'll write you a letter and draw <gasps> pictures fun. of our faces in there. And there'll be horrible pictures, but it's the thought that counts. And you know what? One day that's going to be worth a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> when I get rich and famous one day, right. you're going to be like, Paul Hobbs drew me this picture yep. and you can sell that shit on eBay for probably like $50,000 at that yeah. point. And it'll be imagine. Paul that buys it back because he's trying to up his street cred, but whatever. <laughs> no, but I would yeah. buy it back and resell it for $75,000. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a fake profile and everything. But yeah, no, help us honestly raise money for Safe Place. We're running it through December and you can go to our website. We've got a donation link there. You can donate directly on Safe Place, but send us a picture because we got to know that you donate it. Yes. Yeah, so so yeah. either, either way you donate, send us a picture. Because we didn't set up like a payment portal because we wanted to make sure that we weren't taking any additional, like when you process payments, it costs fees. Yeah. So I set everything up to go directly through them. Um, so they're not missing out on any money, not yeah. even a penny. So just if you donate, make sure you take a screenshot of some sort, or I don't know if they give you an email, uh, just show us proof and you'll get your raffle, your virtual yeah. raffle tickets. Exactly. Yeah. So help us, help us help somebody else. Um, and yeah, I feel like we talked about a lot of random things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is the correct podcast to be listening to random things. Yeah, you're listening to your queer story. The podcast that inspires peace, love, radicalism, and holiday cheer. Mm. I was reading another uh, email. It was actually an older email that I found when I was going through our emails. And um, a person was talking about how they love the peace, love, yeah. radicalism, yeah. whatever. See. Uh, yeah, everybody makes mistakes and, you know, that's why we're here. <laughs> but also, you know, I will say this before we get into our, we're going to get to our show. We're talking about queer television today, um, but it was nice to reach out to someone. I, it's got to be every week now that we're mm-hmm. talking to someone that needs help. And so, like we always say, it doesn't matter how you reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram will always respond. Yep. And uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just, it's nice to be able to connect to you guys. I appreciate you guys reaching out to us and we want to help you. Like, you know, we, if you're in a a tough situation, we want to be there for you. We want to help you. So please, you can email us, reach out. Like Paul said, any form of connection, we want to talk to you, get you the help that you need. So don't be afraid to, because it's, it's nice to get back. You know, we've both been in rough situations. Yes. Yeah. 
We've both come a long way. Yeah. Anyway, so queer television. You want to start us off today? Sure. In honor of the return of notorious lesbian drama, The L Word. Which I know you've watched every episode Every of, single one. Because you watch so much TV. Absolutely. What do you do in your free time? Play video games, play with my cats, listen to music, play you, more video games. One eat. day we can do queer like gaming, but I feel like you're going to have to do the research for that <laughs> because I have no idea what the fuck right? I'm talking about. We actually had somebody request that episode. but it's, That's true. But I just, I don't, I, I can find a Wikipedia article and like <laughs> copy and paste, but. I can look into it and see what I can find. I just know I'm going to have no idea. I'm going to pronounce everything wrong and Paul's going to be like, it's this. Like how you do to me. Like I do with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so today we dive into queer TV, covering some of the most groundbreaking moments and influential shows in English TV history. That's right. We're not just taking. Uh, talking. That's I right. spelled that right. We, for once. We're not just talking about America in this episode. We're also covering England and Canada, um, as the three countries have heavily influenced each other's television, and we'll be able, we'll be all over the place with genres from documentaries and dramas to sitcoms and reality TV. But let us take you back to where it all began, Canada, 1972. Yes, and I am sorry to Australia. I know we could have incorporated you, but it's just the way that England and Canada are so often linked. Can you hear Samantha's tea in the background? <laughs> Okay. I thought I was having like a mental break nope. for a second. I was nope, like, that's, man, that's, that's why I was looking around. I was like, does anybody else really hear that happen? Am I going crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, Aussies. Um, but we're, we're keeping up north today. Um, anyways, <clears throat> so before reality TV, there were just docuseries, which is how the first show dedicated to queer people was structured. In 1972, Toronto, Canada's local community channel aired Coming Out, a 13-episode series that profiled early gay rights activists and the LGBTQ movement in Canada. The show covered a variety of members in the community and was one of the first positive exposures of queer culture produced on television. So before this, you can look it up on YouTube and we've talked about it. It was just like really scary uh, PSA announcements oh about how From homosexuals... Yep. Exactly. Homosexuals are ruining it. So this was the first time that someone was like positive. However, Coming Out was never picked up by any national broadcasting channels, and the series only ran for one season. Yet it opened the door for queer exposure on TV, and possibly inspired All in the Family producer Norman Lear to pitch his new idea to the American broadcasting channel ABC. Is that what ABC stands for? That's what it stands for. Wow. What did you think it was? I, don't, I literally just thought it was ABC. I thought they were like, this is going to be real simple. We're just going to keep it to three letters. Like the NBC. Like, like, what does NBC stand for? National Broadcasting Channel. My what, mind you think is they're just standing there like, I, all right, buddy, you got to put a name down for your channel. He's like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, you got to put something down. I don't care. ABC, one, two, three. I don't care, man. Put it down. I literally thought it was just like ABC and NBC. I did not know they stood for something. Why would they, why would people be putting random numbers down? I don't down? know. Paul. This is America. You can do whatever you want. I know, but like, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. People are like, YQ. Yes. I just thought YQ, yeah, QS. Oh, no, nobody says that. <laughs> Lear was a hip. TV producer of the 1970s, the Shonda Rhimes of his era, so to speak. For the past four years, he had given audiences one smashing success after another, starting with All in the Family in 1971, Sanford and Sons in 1972, Maud in 1973, Good Times in 1974, and his newest release, The Jeffersons in 1975. So it is no wonder producers were willing to take a chance um, on his new show, Hot, Hot, it's okay. So it's hotel. Hoddle? It's it's 
<laughs> this is probably why it failed. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> nobody could. They were nobody like, nobody could say it. It's it's supposed to be Hotel Baltimore, but it's missing the e because the hotel in the thing is missing it. But it's like Hotel Baltimore, and everything I listened to had different pronunciations. That's People were like horrible. Hotel, hotel, hotel. They're trying to do like a Baltimore accident accent, but it just comes out as hot L Baltimore. That's horrible. <laughs> the sitcom was set in a rundown hotel in Baltimore and featured an array of characters from prostitutes to illegal immigrants. But the most controversial was the older gay couple who lived at the hotel. Because of the content, when Hotel Baltimore debuted in 1975, it was the first show on ABC to run a warning label before every episode. Yet, even with Norman Lear backing the project in ABC, which apparently Apparently stands for America Broadcasting Corporation, right? Company, yeah. Company. To their credit, standing by his side, the show faced harsh backlash. Ratings remained low and protests stayed high. Though the broadcasting company allowed the sitcom to complete its first season, they didn't pick it up again for a second year. Yeah, so, I mean, there was a lot of controversial things, but yeah, they, they would run a warning that said this has, you know, deflammatory mm-hmm. or controversial content. It wasn't the first show on television to do that, but it was the first show on ABC. And people were also, the main character was a was a prostitute, mm-hmm. and so people were very upset about that, too. So there was a lot of things, but he had a gay couple living in the hotel. And, of course, no affection. You just, like, oh, yeah, they, they were just, gay. You just knew that they were together. Exactly, but that's, and that was controversial enough. Right. People were like, oh, well, wait, wait a minute, buddy. This would be a recurring theme for the next 20 years. Shows prominently featuring LGBTQ characters would make their debut, run for a season, and then get canceled. In 1977, Gay News and Views aired in Toronto as a talk show meets news segment for the queer community. Kind of like maybe a... um, like, uh, what's, that, what's that called? The Daily Show type thing. Oh, okay. Okay. So the show managed to squeeze in two series runs in the fall of 77 and the spring of 78. But from its inception, there was backlash from every side. Conservatives protested before the first episode ever aired and managed to push gay news and views from the prime 6 p.m. slot to the much later 10 p.m. program time. Complaints also got the show temporarily canceled when complaints from queer viewers and allies Then complaints from queer viewers and allies put it back on the air. So it got canceled, then it got put back on. But eventually the program became too much of a headache for the broadcasting company McLean Hunter, which is a big broadcasting company in Canada, and it was officially canceled in May of 1978. Upon its cancellation, one TV executive stated that gay news and views was disrespectful to the establishment heterosexual community. (laughs) Yes, so you having some form of information on your community is disrespectful to us. Disrespects all the heterosexuals. Because it has nothing to do with us. So therefore, it's disrespectful because we're excluded. Exactly. I literally don't know like what else they could have been mad about. Oh, no, no. There was, there was no other reason. There was yeah. no absolutely no other it's reason. It's not a show exclusively for us like everything else on TV. How dare you think you can take an How hour away from you? us? Especially at 10 man. p.m. when we're all up watching TV. <laughs> I love my 10 p.m. shows. <laughs> and the kids are staying up and everything. <laughs> the following year across the pond, Britain gave its first real shot at, at queer representation on TV. The new segment, Gay Life, premiered on Sunday evening at 11.30 p.m. on February 11th, 1980. The weekly show ran for one year before being canceled in 1981. 
But the same year, gay news made its entrance in another show debut that would find more success. The sitcom Agony premiered and managed to run for three seasons, albeit they were much shorter seasons than the American or Canadian 13-plus episode run. Agony only produced seven 30-minute episodes each year, but they packed in a lot for that small amount of time addressing many controversial subjects of the time. Episode features t- featured talks of drugs, suicide, racism, and homosexuality including the recurring characters of a gay couple who played neighbors to the main character, Jane. Despite its short run, the show was incredibly popular, inspired the American version, The Lucy Arnaz Show. However, we couldn't find out if the show carried the gay characters with it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Agony was like, uh, it's really weird because like shows have gone so long now. Now shows are like 20, 22 episodes. And it, like, but in the 70s and 80s, they were 13 episodes. And then in a, a Britain, a court, I guess, are just like, no, fuck that. We're just going to do like seven bloody episodes. And Imagine that's it. having seven episodes and then you had to wait a whole another year for <laughs> a that. A whole year. Yeah, that's a lot. Seven. When I found out episodes. the last season of Game of Thrones was only eight episodes, I was like angry. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Everybody I want like 40 was, more. Exactly. And they, at least they gave you guys, what, like two hour episodes or something? Some of them, but a yeah. lot of them were regular time. Oh, well, these are seven 30 minute episodes. Yeah. So once a week for seven weeks, you had a 30 minute episode. And then you had to wait a whole nother fucking Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. Get your shit together. It ancient was, people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, but it was, but so, but this was one of the first shows on television that had a recurring gay character mm-hmm. because, and for, like during this time, and honestly, for the next like thirty years, you at best you would get like an episode or two, a season, a, you know, like a series that focused on queer issues. Yeah, or they like popped in the camera yeah. for a quarter second and then disappeared. Exactly. Like, hey, we're here. <laughs> hey, we're here. Okay, and we're leaving. Yes. So yeah, but uh, this had a recurring um, characters. Um, but it's not like America was doing well with keeping any show that portrayed positive queer storylines. Vincent Chiavelli had been the first American actor to play a recurring gay character on television. His role as Peter Panama in the 1972 ABC show The Corner Bar has been praised for decades. Yet, yet just like Lear's Hotel Baltimore, Hotel Baltimore, which came three years later, The Corner Bar was shelved after one season. It would be another 16 years before any American TV series would try again with a gay character. And that would come in the 1988 with the debut of the ABC drama Heartbeat, not to be confused with the British 1992 Heartbeat or the 2016 NBC series Heartbeat. It's a popular name. Apparently. <laughs> the not original, real creative. Right? The original series was a medical drama featuring three female leads with one of the main characters being an out lesbian who had a long-term partner. Wow, long term. Look yeah. at that. They're getting real serious. Oh, yeah, they were. Um, but I don't think I put it in here. The women never showed any affection. Oh, no. Never, they never touched each other, me? never kissed, but they was like... You know what, though? They would have been allowed to do it because they were women. And Almost. Not quite yet. Oh, no, not yet? No, not quite yet. No, wow. it would be in a couple more years before they could show any affection like that. Wow. Yeah. In many ways, the show was groundbreaking by making a main character a lesbian. However, the actresses who played the lovers were never allowed to show intimacy, unlike their straight counterparts. Still, the show got people talking. In a pre-debut interview, People Magazine ran an article titled, Is Prime Time Ready for Its First Lesbian? I feel like I needed a very news voice for that, but it didn't happen. <laughs> well, you could try again. I don't know how to do that. You got to do the news voice. It's, ta- it's prime time ready for its first lesbian. Gail Strickland hopes so, and she's about to find out. I feel like that's just like how people in your cult talked whenever they were like in front of you. So like, it's just ingrained in your... Hey, man, can I tell you about God? Yeah, tell you exactly. about Jesus? <laughs> 
uh, in the interview, the actress Gail Strickland, who plays lesbian Marilyn McGarth, McGrath, McGrath, gave a beautiful response to the reporter's question. In regards to her controversial role, she stated, It's not often actors get to play parts that might make a difference. The fact that somewhere, somehow, someone's perspective might be softened is important to me. My character, Marilyn, is a loving, warm professional who cares about her daughter and has been a good relationship for four years. If that is how I'm stereotyped, then that then that's fine with me. My only worry was that the network wouldn't fulfill their part of the bargain. I'm sure they'll get mail, and I'm afraid they'll pull back when they get negative responses. Yeah, so there was a lot of thing about like, but don't you think you'll be stereotyped as a lesbian? She's, she's like, I don't like, give a fuck. Yeah, she's like, That's oh, you mean like awesome. a, a kind, caring person who's in a long-term relationship? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But Strickland was exactly right about the backlash. Ultimately, the show tanked in the ratings and protests over the content caused Heartbeat to be canceled after two seasons. Yet more than 30 years of open activism by individuals in the LGBTQ community was starting to pay off. In 1986, the American channel HBO... What does that one stand for? I don't know. Hot I, body. I don't know. I really don't know. Something broadcasting. Oh, I don't operation? know. Operation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like curious now. I'm like HBO. That must stand for something too. It does. Apparently stand, everybody's they not all just throwing stand for in something. letters. They all, it's like LGBTQ. You think that's just random letters together? It, it's all an acronym, Paul. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> somebody please send Paul a DM of what HBO stands for so he can know because he's not going to look it up. I won't. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so the American channel HBO partnered with Canadian television to feature the short drama The Truth About Alex, a story of a young gay teen who is outed in his best friend's journey to accepting Alex's orientation. The made-for-TV movie went on to win two of Canada's Gemini Awards, which is similar to their Emmys, and America's Golden Eagle Award, which was presented by the Sign Foundation in Washington, D.C. I've never heard of that, but they won that award. Must be something important. Yes, so. Three years later, in 1989, Canadian hit teen drama Degrassi produced a spinoff show titled Degrassi High. The show aired on Canadian, Australian, and American television and sparked controversy as it tackled real teen issues. The most controversial was a two-part episode about abortion, which would be cut out and censored for the next 15 years. But topics such as drugs, sex, suicide, and gay rights also got the show into trouble. Eventually, Degrassi High would be canceled after two seasons. Yet the popularity published yet another spinoff into... Uh, into Degrassi Next Generation and remains a cult favorite show to this day. It was the perfect introduction into the explosion of queer exposure the 90s brought to TV. And Canada loves Degrassi. Like, that thing has been going on. I've heard a lot form. about it, but I've never actually watched I it. i never watched it either. Sorry, Canada. But, like, like, everybody talks about Degrassi and, like, I have no idea, but it's been going on in one form or another for, like, ever. We cannot understate the importance of 90s television in relation to LGBTQ activism. While censorship was heavy and protests were frequent, nevertheless, the 90s did come through in the end. We'll start with an obscure show that seemed to be about 10 years too early, Oranges Aren't the Only Fruit, aired on British broadcasting channel BBC in 1990. Look, at there's another one that you know. BBC, I, I, didn't I put know most that. of these in here. I don't know why I didn't put HBO. You were like, I just want knows. Paul to be confused for the rest of the episode. Nobody cares. HBO is HBO. Like BBC, <laughs> like you know, that's British Broadcasting Channel. But I don't know. HBO, it's like what is it? Home Broadcasting? I don't Operation. know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The plot centered around a young woman raised in an evangelical home who realized she is a lesbian. 
know. Uh, uh, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. <laughs> only three episodes were made, but the show <laughs> only three episodes were made, but the show managed to cause quite an outcry for its lesbian scenes and perceived attack on the evangelical faith. Still, it also gained great critical acclaim and won the BAFTA Award in Britain and the GLAAD Limited TV Series Award in America. In fact, Oranges Aren't the Only Fruit left such a lasting impact that in 2010, The Guardian ranked it as number eight for the best TV dramas of all time. Wow. Yeah. I like feel like it's only three later. episodes. I can do that. Yeah, I think I you could look, swing it. I, think I should look into that. You should. Throughout the mid-90s, many popular TV shows in Canada, Britain, and the States all featured occasional queer characters or episodes centering around queer issues. To their credit, Canada did try to launch Tales of the City in 1993, a strictly LGBTQ-oriented show. But outcry caused producers to pull the plug after a 10 sec. Oh, I thought it said 10 second. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) One guy kisses, they're like, that's it, it's done, pull it. No, it's just the episode starts and they're just like having sex and they're like, nope, nope. (laughs) After a 10-episode run, not seconds, for the record. For most of the early 90s, shows were forced to keep to quick and simple storylines for queer appearances, almost all of which featured lesbian or gay characters and ever rarely showed other representations of the queer alphabet. The first on-screen lesbian kiss in America was aired in 1991 on the widely popular L.A. Law. Canada's Family Passion featured a short storyline about a lesbian couple wanting to adopt. And of course, who could forget Ross's ex-wife on Friends, who later came out as a lesbian. The show also featured a lesbian wedding and attracted over 36 million viewers to watch it unfold. Yeah, very big. Very. Do you, have you ever watched Friends? Nope. Okay. Never an episode. You just lose us viewers every time you do this. <laughs> I don't I, watch you TV. Know what? No, you know what? It was really sad. The only per- person I didn't include in this is RuPaul, which we did an entire. How did you? We not, did an entire show about RuPaul, so you can go back and listen to it. But that's he was the only, very influential. You know, he was very influential. But uh, that wasn't. I didn't do a lot about reality t- TV. I was doing more like regular like television. Fuck RuPaul, right? RuPaul, uh, Ru- now we're never fucking episode. Now we're never going to be guest judges. <laughs> right. Whatever. So as the decade continued to progress, gay characters were no longer a mere glimpse appearance. Now they were recurring. Now they were recurring figures in popular shows, though often their entire character development was singularly focused on the individual's orientation. I put a lot of big words in there for me. <laughs> I'm ah. glad you got it. Yeah. In Britain, the show This Life centered around five housemates, one of which was openly gay and spent quite a bit of time in therapy over his orientation. Canada ran a similar theme in the show Liberty Street, which told the story of tenants in an apartment building. Like This Life, in Liberty Street, one of the main characters was a a gay man who lived openly and often navigated the threats of discrimination. In many ways, the portrayals of the burdens of gay people did aid in garnering public sympathy. However, it reduced the characters to one-dimensional and did not allow audiences to see queer people as fully whole and human. So that's like a big ongoing like comment now. Like, yes, like we wanted gay representation and queer representation on TV, and that was good. And you, you can argue like you had to take it a step at a time. Mm-hmm. But it made it like all about, like if it's not about you being discriminated against or you dying of AIDS or something extreme. Why are you on our show? Exactly. Right. Like you're, you're just taking up space. We want the sad sob story or we don't want to see you. Like we don't want to just see you having a romantic dinner with your partner. We don't want to just see you dancing together. Like we want to see the nitty gritty, keep the intimacy out of it. Mm -hmm. In America, things had really taken off in respect to queer representation on TV. The show, Relativity, 
featured what some hardcore fans consider the first real lesbian kiss. <laughs> of course, you know how people... Oh, yeah. that one. L.A. Law wasn't the first real lesbian that kiss. That wasn't real. This is what qualifies it to be a real kiss. In 1997, <laughs> the scene between actress Lisa Edelstein and Kristen Dottillo, hoping I'm saying that right, yep. was quite a steamy one to be sure, and it also featured the first on-screen kiss between two actual queer women. They weren't just pretending. Uh, yeah, but, well, well, acting. acting exactly. <laughs> and but that, also, that's, at, what, that's what they do on those things. They act. I thought it was all right. pretend. But also people said because the one on L.A. Law, which I watched, I watched both of these scenes a couple times for research. For research purposes. Yes, exactly. And so the one on L.A. Law was just like it was a closed mouth kiss. And mm-hmm. this was an open mouth makeout session. And okay. that's why people are like, that's the real first They're kiss. both kisses, but yeah, I can whatever. see the first um, intimate kiss. You yeah, say both that. of them were landmarks in their own way. Right. Um Another landmark was the hugely popular teen show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was one of the first shows tailored to young people that featured a recurring gay character. And if you know anything about American television, you know that character was Willow, one of Buffy's best friends. Of course, even though the series dropped in 1997, Willow wouldn't come out until the early 2000s. Still, the show's openness to queer themes has left a lasting impression on on many LGBTQ millennials. And vampires and queer just go hand in hand. They just do. Because vampires are such like, I don't necessarily want to say such sexual beings, but they're Mm -hmm. such, um, what is that word? Fluid? No, they're such sexualized what's the word they are sexualized no when they're um oh my god what is the word when you're like are really into something in sex like you're fetishized Feti- oh fed- fetishized yes, yes that's the word okay <laughs> i'm yes. like hmm yeah. <laughs> digging well, through my dictionary of words <laughs> like what's the right word i think that also just the whole realm of like mythical like opens it up like it does, if you're yeah. just talking about regular you know, my neighbor next door is gay. I don't want to see that. But if you're talking about this entire fantasy world, then you'd be like, oh, well, those people can be gay. That's right. fine. You know, those so, aren't good Christians. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's actually <laughs> how they introduced Willow as a character. Like it was in one episode where like she splits into two people and her alter ego is gay. And like, kind of tells her like, "Hey, bitch, you're gay." And then like, Willow's um, like, "By the way, what? I, I never knew. <laughs> I never looked at Buffy that way. What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So the, the that but it, yeah the whole like that whole uh, idea that whole world uh, you know allows it to open up because you mm-hmm. know you know you're playing with things. Yet things were moving in other parts of the world as well. In Canada, they brought back Tales of the City in another 10 episodes adaption titled More Tales of the City. Real creative. Real clever. Oh, you no. know. Canada's been doing this for 30 years, Paul. They've just <laughs> been bringing it out with more tales and another tale of the city. Like literally Additional 30, tales of the city. No, literally that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, Are you serious? Yeah, I swear to God. There's a there's one that just came on again, and I don't know what it's like. Tales, Tales of, of the, the City, city again. again. Yeah. <laughs> so, but whatever. They're making it work. So once again, the series ran only briefly, but the transgender character, Miss Magdra- Madrigal, it's, it sounds, Mrs. Madrigal, which it sounds almost like magical when you hear it. Uh, the transgender character, Mrs. Madrigal, comes out making the character marking the character as a trans icon. So one of the first like real, like recurring Mm -hmm. positive characters. 
And of course, perhaps the most well-known queer show of the 90s came in right at the very end in 1998. Will and Grace premiered. Love Will and Grace. I know. I have yes. a lot of my personality from Karen. Mm-hmm. I yes. identified most with her. Than you I, are Karen. I, I literally identified with Karen <laughs> over any of the gay characters. I was like, no, I'm definitely Karen. Yep. Literally <laughs> the only show on all of this that Paul has probably watched. The but only one. We have watched many, many episodes of Will and Grace over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the, sh- the show premiered and would run as one of the most successful sitcoms of the era. The show featured not one but two gay men two a fag hag and a sexually fluid alcoholic as its main <laughs> cast <laughs> it won 16 emmys and was nominated over 80 times to this day it is hard to find many people who have not seen at least one will and grace episode and even its revival more than 15 years later still draws moder- moderately high ratings they're in like their third season as a revival that's pretty good. i should watch the revival i haven't committed time to it but i know that i loved it so much yeah growing up that i really should I mean, I don't know why I haven't. It's just because I'm not into TV now that I'm going to, like, I just, yeah. it's just because I don't like TV. I mean, it's definitely not as good as the original. It's never going to be. They're right. a lot no, older. No, there's too much. They're very political now. Yeah. But. Too much comedy gold. And, like, you yeah. can't recreate the essence of what makes something good. Like, yeah. you can do your best to be like, okay, this is a good show, but it'll never recreate the actual. That's why sequels are never as good. Yeah. Because you can't recreate that magic that, like, just made it work. Well, that shock and, like, and that, it, like, you get used to, like, the same. It's like why series end, mm-hmm. right? Because by, like, the seventh, eighth, ninth season, you can anticipate what's going to make you right. laugh and you still love the show because of what it gave you, but it's not the, the same, mm-hmm. you know? So that, and that's why, yeah. But, but the, oh man, the original series. It's just like the first four to five seasons, the funniest thing, Mm -hmm. like my top comedy shows of all time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Karen's character. What's her name? Uh, Megan Mullally's character. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It is. It's brilliant because it's like what I always aspired to be. Yeah. But I never reached that level because I would like because she would get drunk and be hilarious and I would get drunk and I would like fall. So like (laughs) I just never got to that level. You want to be that funny? You know, (laughs) you know who doesn't get enough credit? Actually, for me, Deborah Messing. I love Deborah Messing. I thought she was great in that. She's the redhead. Grace. Grace. <laughs> Why didn't he just say Grace? Okay. Nobody knows her real name. Yes, they do. Deborah. Me- a lot of people know who Deborah Messing is. I've never seen her in anything after that that I really liked. I'm sorry, Deborah Messing. I know you're listening to this, but um, I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. But I loved her in Will and Grace. I don't know. I thought I think she was that so because underrated. she was not because the show had so much shock value and she was. Yeah. I don't want to say just a straight woman, but like when you're in, <laughs> yeah. a, you know what I mean. Like when you're in a gay show and you're like the straight friend, the straight yeah. fag hag, like. You're kind of a back character as well, compared yeah. to like all the shock, shock value of everyone else. Well, she was supposed to be like the supporting character. Right. I mean, even though it was Will and Grace, like she she fed. But like there was just I just felt like it was a lot of underrated, like her her comedic value. Was oh, she was definitely very, good. But you know, she just, you know, she wasn't in the spotlight. So she never got that attention. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't just sitcoms and drama that made people pay attention to queer issues. The Real World was one of the first popular reality shows in mainstream culture. And in its cast, it featured a gay man named Sean living with HIV. The show also aired his same-sex ceremony with his boyfriend. Sadly, Sean passed away just hours after the 1994 season finale of The Real World. But the increase in queer visibility no doubt inspired many others, including popular sitcom star Ellen DeGeneres, who came out on her show during the Puppy episode in 1997. The episode won Ellen a Peabody. Wait, no, sorry. We're on the East Coast. I'm triggered. Like, I had got yelled at so many times. Peabody Award and cancellation of her show. It would be several years before she would find much success in entertainment. However, that all changed with 
I'm having a seizure over here. That all changed with the debut of her iconic talk show, Ellen. Yeah, and we are going to be covering Ellen at the beginning of the year. If it's not in February, it might be the end of January, but I promise it'll be in the first like couple months. Um, you have to cover. And she's going to be on the podcast, so yeah, get yeah, ready for coming, that. Yeah. She, okay. uh, we're going to be on the show. Paul is lying to all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you could just you know, like tweet her. I feel like the thing, I feel like if, if everybody tweeted Ellen. It could happen. Oh, she's going to show up and be on our podcast? No, but she might invite us to our show. So everybody <laughs> just needs to tweet Ellen, and then we'll record a little clip with her on the show, mm-hmm. and then she'll be on our podcast. Okay, yeah. So Paul's everybody tweet Ellen. That. Please, yes. Well, the thing with, like, you know, like, there's so much controversy, I feel, around Ellen right now, just in general. Like, uh, just the younger queers mm-hmm. are like, you know, she's not doing enough. And I get, I'm not going to debate that Ellen isn't out of touch or she's she could do more i'm not gonna debate any of that but i am gonna say you also have to appreciate what someone did do for the community like you could say you're not doing enough now you need to step up i get that holding people accountable Mm -hmm. but there's also like ellen did so much more for the queer community than we will ever really understand yep like and the thing is you can't expect somebody to commit their entire existence and their entire life and their entire career to doing stuff for the queer community would it be nice and incredible absolutely yeah but you can't just expect somebody who's done so much to just, I mean, I'm probably gonna get people mad at me, but like, <laughs> it's somebody's life. They have to live their own life too. Yeah. And yes, they could be doing more, but also they've done so much. Yeah. Like, don't they deserve a break at some point? Yeah, well, I mean, this one, people are like, well, yeah, but who's gonna be the, there to turn around and help us? And I get all that. That's what I mean. That's why I'm like, I agree with like holding her accountable. I agree with that, but I'm also, right, that's I what still I'm appreciate what she's done. Mm-hmm. Like, and if she, like, there's so many good, uh, queer icons that are stepping up now that are you know that yeah it's time to carrying the, the message forward that I'm like yeah let's carry let's let them carry the message forward mm-hmm. you know and yeah Ellen's rich now and she probably like no I definitely don't think like yeah like the whole thing with her being friends with George Bush like I get it it's shitty why is she friends with the guy that right. that that prohibited us but also I don't know <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. I just think I just I just appreciate the Ellen from that moment, the Ellen from the 90s and 2000s that like gave us where we are today. And mm-hmm. if the Ellen today doesn't want to move forward, then, you know, I think she's missing out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think she, she could uh, be part of something great. I mean, she's already got her show, but she could be part of another um, era. Um, yeah, another era. Yeah, she could be. Maybe she'll come around. Who knows? Maybe she'll realize that, you know, being friends with the rich doesn't really pay off. Or maybe she, she that's just who she is now. She's Maybe. a rich bitch. Possibility. You know? And uh she's she's left us all behind the dust. I don't know. All the all the rich are gonna fall whenever the revolution happens, so whatever. This podcast is intended to inspire peace. You know love, and radicalism. <laughs> no. Please do not listen unattended. Or unless you don't want to be part of the radical movement. <laughs> no, someone said something really great. They were talking about Beyonce and they're like, When the revolution happens, yes, Beyonce is gonna lose all her money, but she can stay. And that's how I feel about Ellen. Yes, when the mm-hmm. revolution happens, is Ellen gonna lose all her money? Yeah. But I think she could stay. Let me tell you, something's gonna happen because way too many people are getting way too mad in this country. Oh yeah. And um, you see what's happening all around the world in Japan. Like there's these riots. People are occupying schools, burning schools. Like it's getting crazy. And if this country continues to get like we're not experiencing it because I feel like we have um, we just have more. Yeah. Like I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why it's taking so long for some kind of revolution here. Mm-hmm. We probably have it better than most other places. I don't know. But yeah. something's going to happen eventually. Yep. 
Oh yeah, no, and no doubt. There is no doubt something's going to happen, mm-hmm. whether it's an all-out war or it's just a toppling from government. I mean, we're really we're we're past due. When you mm-hmm. look at history, we're well way past due. We are for another uh, another shaking things up. Hopefully, it's not bloody and violent. Yeah, I don't want any violence. No, please don't hurt anybody. But something's going to happen. Don't hurt anybody unless they start coming for us, and then we bunker down. Carry a knife. Fight like you. hell, bitches. Okay, so anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Now, while the 90s certainly shoved the door open. (laughs) Thanks, Alan. (laughs) Open. The 2000s took a wrecking ball and leveled the entrance. Remember how we mentioned that the first female-to-female kiss aired in 1991? Well, in 2000, networks still had not allowed two men to be aired kissing on scripted television. So a few shows decided to take matters into their own hands. One was the popular teen drama Dawson's Creek. Did you ever watch that? Nope. Okay. Samantha made me watch that whenever we first started dating, and I'm actually not disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Which finally allowed gay characters Jack and Ethan to kiss during the season three finale. Like, I guess they dated the whole time, (laughs) and they they never never kissed. (laughs) Yeah, and it's so so weird now. They (laughs) always sat like a foot apart. (laughs) Yeah, like they're dating. They're a couple. Another show was Will and Grace, which made fun fun of network TV's avoidance of male-on-male affection. During an episode, Will and Jack went to go protest this cause outside of the Today Show and in frustration, Will plants a big kiss on the unsuspecting Jack. Though the kiss was comical, it still got the point across. Mm-hmm. A watershed for queer television, though, began in April of 1999 when Britain's Channel 4 aired the show Queer as Folk. While people had been coming around to the idea of LGBTQ representation on TV, the sex-charged first episode of the hour-long drama was shocking for many and delightful for others, causing the popularity of the show to carry across the ocean to America and Canada. In 2000, Showtime launched the American version of Queer as Folk to rave reviews and raving protesters. That didn't stop the groundbreaking network from running the show for the next five seasons. Or from launching the similar series The L Word in 2004, a show that any good lesbian has seen today. Or, if you haven't seen it, that means you're a bad lesbian. <laughs> Unless you're in Britain and prefer the UK version, Lip Service. I really like that name. That's a good name. Lip Service? That's a good name. I liked. I like both shows, but Lip Service, really? Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. That's a great name. Are you kidding me? I like the L word. The no, L word. that's okay. <laughs> Lip Service, that's like a brilliant name. That's the name of our next podcast. <laughs> So throughout the 2000s, queer television continued to evolve. The show Noah's Ark aired on Logo TV in 2005 and became the network's most popular series. It centered around the stories of black and Latino gay men in Los Angeles, and to this day is one of the few series which has so prominently featured queer people of color. Despite its high ratings, the show was abruptly canceled after the season two finale. And to this day, no one was, has given a solid reason as to why the show was dropped, despite being the network's most popular series. It was their highest rating. So one of the characters probably fucked one of the producers <laughs> and the husband found out or the boyfriend found out and there was a whole lot of drama and they canceled. You think so? That's you think what so? happened. I'm oh, telling wow. you. All right. Well, That's it, why Willem was kicked off Drag Race. Well... I'm not surprised at whore. (laughs) (laughs) So it would be 12 years before we would see another show that focused on queer people of color the same way. So like, really, there's just like, there's nothing out there. Um, And you can actually, I believe, I don't know if you have to pay for the subscription, but you can now watch the entire uh, Noah's Ark on um, Logo's YouTube channel. Oh, the YouTube so, channel? If it's yeah. on... Oh, actually, YouTube does have that new... They like do that new yeah, thing. That so I have thing. no idea. I didn't look into it, but you, I, you know, check it out and see. So... Along the way, several breakout shows with strong queer themes or which centered around LGBTQ issues hit the mainstream. Modern Fam, 
Modern. Modern Family, featuring two gay dads and numerous gay characters, has earned 22 Emmys in its 11-year run, as well as a host of other awards and critical acclaim as one of the most popular sitcoms of all time. Several, uh, several other popular shows, such as America's The F- Fosters and Orange is the New Black, as well as Britain's Skins and Sugar Rush and Canada's Schitt's Creek. Oh, have you watched any of Schitt's Creek? It's oh, actually I've pretty good. all of Schitt's Creek. See, I fucking I know that one. Yes, I love it. <laughs> have all continued to incorporate queer themes into mainstream television, and these are only a fraction of the countless LGBTQ-centric shows that are out there. Yeah, like, it's so different now. Like, I could not name all the shows that have queer characters, queer Yeah, oh, actually, the 100. Yeah. The main uh, female character is a lesbian. Well, she's bisexual. She's bisexual. She's bisexual, yeah. See, I started to watch that a couple times. It's really good. I know. Because you told me to watch it. It's not too scary for you. I know. Nothing's going to jump out and scare you. But it's really good, and the main character is a bisexual woman. So well, that's everybody, pretty cool. every show that comes out now has some like gay character, mm-hmm. or gay theme, or something like. It's everything. like they're trying to monopolize on our community. Yeah, but I love I, when people get so angry about that. They're just <laughs> pandering like, to the okay. community. I'm so sorry, you don't want representation in there. We'll you go back want to the representation, but you don't want the what? What? Like what? I don't know what you want. Right. Like they're just trying to pander to us. Yes, please pander to me because I love seeing queer representation right? in the shows. You know what I didn't put in here? Hmm. My coming out show, Glee. I didn't put. Oh, that in Glee there. was wonderful. That yeah. was such a like. That helped me so much in yeah. like that time of my life. Just seeing them in high school being normal. Yeah, like that yeah. was such a great thing so, for me to see. Well, that's why I say like I wasn't in high school because I was a little older mm-hmm. than you. But that Glee is why I came out because mm-hmm. it was the first thing that I ever saw that had a positive. Uh, gay character in it mm-hmm. and I was like oh and also I had a huge crush on whoever played played Quinn Danielle something I don't remember I forgot I forgot whoever the whoever played Quinn the blonde cheerleader like, the dumb I, one not the dumb not oh. Brittany no the the pretty one <laughs> oh, that Brittany dates S. The, Pierce or? yeah yeah no not Brittany no the, the pretty one that dates that um, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I that know Rachel Seals yep. whatever anyways I had a huge crush on her like that was the first I was like wow okay yeah. and I was married and I was like Something's yep. wrong here. Yeah, so, some dots are not like, connected. I'm not thinking about the the um, quarterback. I'm thinking about her. So, mm-hmm. so in most recent years, transgender and non-binary people are now seeing proper representation on screen. So, um, despite all the progress that we made, almost no trans or non-binary individuals. Mm-hmm. The breakout show Transparent on Amazon featured a transgender woman who begins her transition much later in life. On the flip side, earlier this year, Amazon also released the show Euphoria, which features a horde of young, gender, and sexually fluid people and stars several queer artists. Uh, Zendaya is in there. Uh, cannot recommend that show enough. Love it. In keeping with the strong theme, Canada released another miniseries in the Tales of the City story. This one, though, is much more diverse in cultures and expressions. And for the low representation of queer people of color, 12 years after Noah's Ark, Pose made its debut. Which, by the way, I'm still on season one because I don't watch TV, but I have started Pose. It is great. It's if you haven't, Okay, you have watched it. Yes, it's I have. so good. So damn good. Mm-hmm. And it's on Hulu right now, I think. And At least the first maybe, two. Maybe. I don't know. It's Netflix. on some streaming it's on one of the Hulu or Netflix is the first two seasons. Um, this is a show that focuses on queer black queer black and Latino people, but that also deeply shines a light on trans women of color. Um, mm-hmm. Just excellent. It's so well done. It, I think they just won their first Emmy. It's just so good. It's incredible. It made me feel so many emotions in a single episode yeah. that I was blown away. I was like, this is just, it was 
a work of art. The the direction, the acting, the mm-hmm. writing, everything about it is fantastic. Yeah. So we started this timeline in the 1970s, and almost 50 years later, we're finally starting to see the representation we need. Yes, it's taken us a long time to get here. The new premiere for The L Word promises a future in queer TV, as diverse as our community. We can only hope it won't take us another 50 years to appreciate the impact TV representation can have on a society. As presidential candidate Joe Biden once said, and no, this is not at all an endorsement. Just quoting the guy. Right. (laughs) Will and Grace probably did more. (laughs) That's Bernie. (laughs) It's Bernie. (laughs) We can only do Bernie. (laughs) It's true. I guess that just says something. Will and Grace probably did more to educate the American public than almost anyone has ever done so far. (laughs) This is such a Biden statement. That's very Biden. (laughs) Let me tell you something. <laughs> Should have started with that. Right. The statement certainly devalues the decades of LGBTQ activism, but it does show the power of television and, most importantly, the power of exclusion and inclusion. May we also, may we always continue to work towards inclusion. Yes. I had to end with that thing. I'll, of course, Biden would be like, yeah, Will and Grace, that, that's that's what made gay. That's the thing that launched. Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> that's the thing that's that launched everything. all of this. All you see gay pride? Will and Grace. You're welcome. <laughs> it's probably the only queer thing he's ever paid attention oh, absolutely. to. But the, re- the sad thing is that he is like most white straight cisgender people like mm-hmm. like that's the only thing that they've ever seen that's made them like oh okay i guess gay people aren't out right. there just molesting pil- folks right left and right right you know um and so yeah but yeah inclusion folks that's what we need to keep striving always for. work towards inclusion i'm gonna say it again when you go to the bar if you see that person sitting at the bar all by themselves um they look a little scared or nervous you know, just say hi they don't want to talk they don't want to talk but you yeah. know Try yeah, don't, to try don't to include <laughs> right. Don't harass them, but try to include people who might normally be on the outskirts of the the community. Make them feel welcome, exactly. Because all it takes is one person telling you that you're okay to make you feel better. That's right, exactly. And we don't have a recommended resource because your recommended resource should be any of the shows that we've just mentioned. Absolutely, you should go in. You should watch them. We're giving you permission to sit around on the holidays. And Especially catch if you get snowed in. Just yeah. binge watch an entire series. Yeah. I mean, if you like, just let me, what do you want to watch? Hulu, we got, we've got Pose. Um, Netflix. I think it's Netflix. I really do, but it could be I Hulu. don't think it's Netflix. I'm looking right now. Literally, I'm going to pull this up on my phone before I have to delete all my apps because we can't afford them anymore. <laughs> download Pose. all the content now. Download it all. Download it all. Nope. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was right. RuPaul's Drag Race is on um, the first Hulu. five seasons. Yeah, right. so that's on um, and that's on Hulu. Um, so Netflix has Pose, so mm-hmm. you should definitely get caught up on that. Amazon Euphoria, please watch Euphoria. I mean, you gotta Zendaya, like she's like this gender fluid queer person that's just amazing mm-hmm. i love it she also plays a recovering drug addict so you know like that pulls my heart a little bit and yeah. she's in love with a trans girl so just got everything in it not that you care because you're not gonna watch diddly shit no or, i'll watch it because you know what, what? with the with the winter coming up mm-hmm. and having more free time i have more time to watch things i watched three episodes of a show yesterday wow yeah it's called electric dreams it's on amazon what's it about uh it's like black mirror I'm pretty sure there was some queer stuff on there, but I don't really remember because I smoked a little bit of weed before I started watching it. So Black I was... Mirror has uh, had an episode with uh, Miley Cyrus on it, right? Yes. Okay. 
I think there is queer themes in that, but yeah, I don't there know. it's a very like new, and it's all about um, future. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah uh, Electric yeah. Dreams. The first episode has a lesbian couple. Oh, there you so go. So there See, you go. There. Oh, and also, of course, uh, Modern Family and Will and Grace is on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So if you just want like something funny, and if you um, want something free, I'm sure that. YouTube. On YouTube has probably yeah. at least some episodes of something. There's all kinds of free resources. Or you um, can watch any of the clips that I mentioned. Watch the first lesbian kiss. Mm-hmm. Watch Relativity. Also, if you're really in need, you can go to Pornhub. They have lots of content on there. <laughs> you can see all kinds of stuff on Not there. Not that I would ever watch anything on Pornhub, but I did run across this film that had... It was very well done because it started with like this girl in this girl's home like being told like she's she's got to cure her lesbianism and then it, then it like went into <laughs> then she's getting fisted that basically yeah <laughs> she was curing her lesbian in her in her residential home it was a well tailored film i just i don't remember where i found it but it was you know <laughs> <laughs> all right stay queer don't get lobotomy we love you our little allied hookers and a little succulent sapphist our proud homocrats and have yourself a sodomy circus a sodomy christmas a sodomy christmas have circus yourself a sodomy Christmas. We're going to get sued. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.